Hello and welcome to Soccer 101. My name is Daryl Grove and sitting across the table from me, it's a man who wants to know how many countries are in this country. His name is Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello, I do. And I'm in good company with Ted Lasso on that one. Uh, (laughs) And I look forward to finding out that answer. So we are here to talk about the home Mm -hmm. nations, England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, um, better known as the United Kingdom. That's the name of the country. A lot of people feel that's the country that should be competing in world soccer. Why do England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland get their own FA mm-hmm. when they're not independent countries? Right. We get that question fairly frequently, usually yep. around uh, either the European Championships or the World Cup as to mm-hmm. why are there suddenly two of those teams in there, usually with the Euros. I think it was, what, three uh, last time around? Oh, yeah. Northern Ireland, Wales, and England all in there. Yeah. So... First of all, I, I think from a modern perspective, the answer is, do you really want all those combined? Because I'm not sure how much of a difference that's going to make. But from a historical perspective, there's probably a lot more to it. There is. Okay, so I did some research. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the answer is that these nations basically invented soccer. Yeah. And them playing internationals against each other predates the formation of FIFA, predates everybody else playing international games. Mm -hmm. And uh, for you pedantic folks out there who are saying they invented football, uh, soccer comes from association football, so they invented that too. Oh yeah, go back and listen to some early episodes Mm -hmm. of the Soccer versus Football episode of Soccer 101, and you'll get a longer discussion of that. Uh, I'm going to take you all the way back to 1872, Mm -hmm. Taylor, the first international match, the first proper international football match between England and Scotland. Takes place in Glasgow, 4,000 people in attendance. Can you guess what the thrilling scoreline was? 1-0. No, no. Ah, of course. No, no. How many mustaches there? I'm going to assume 22 mustaches on the field. All the mustaches, 22 on the field and 4,000 in the stands. And did all of the team photos or did the players in all the team photos look like grumpy train conductors? Because that's what I picture (laughs) all of those team photos. They all have this weird like scowl and their arms are crossed. It's a lot of arms folded. Well, you're taking my photo while I'm playing soccer. It's a lot of arms folded in it. Can you guess how much the entry fee was? Oh, I'm. I see. I, this is where I go either way too much or way too low. I'm going to go five pounds. One shilling. Ah, okay. One shilling. Five pounds. I think would have been very expensive in 1872. What? What's a shilling? I, it's about five pence. Okay. I think. What's it pence? Even, it, so <laughs> is that the, the sense? They decimalized the English uh-huh. currency. I don't know when. I think all in right. the 70s. Yeah. So it the. It completely confuses me. Shillings and all that stuff predates me. I it is it is a thing that I wish I didn't have to do, but it is my great shame that usually when I go to countries that use coins as legitimate currency, I'm just sort of like take them. I don't know how much things are. I don't know what's worth what. And you all in Germany both have like small coins are worth forty dollars, and a large coin is worth one cent. And it's always this like, is this the one that's worth money? And it never is. It never is. You should really figure out the euro. It's too much. It's here to stay. One and two, the numbers are confusing. It's here to stay. Um, so, yeah, that was the, the first Weird international... that from an Englishman, but okay. <laughs> I know, right? I'm, I'm going against the, yeah. against the current. Um, the first international match officially was 1872. Mm-hmm. There were games prior to that, but they all took place in London, like 1870 to 1872. There were five games, but they were all um, an English team versus some uh, London-based Scotsman. So it's not considered a proper international match because you're only picking 
uh, Scotsman who lived in the city of London. That should have been a Premier League team, the London Scotsman. The I London wish Scotsman. that existed. <laughs> um, so from then on, it expands out, right? And so England and Scotland keep playing each other once a year. Wales get involved in 1876. Ireland get involved in 1882. And it was smooth sailing from there. It kind of was because you, suddenly you get like a home nations mm-hmm. championship where all these teams are playing each other on a sort of ad hoc international schedule uh but then fifa fifa is formed because other countries have started playing football so fifa is formed in 1904 which is how many years is that since uh, so that's 32 years after england and scotland first played each other right so when fifa are forming the game around the world they can't just suddenly say you four countries which started this whole thing off you can't play each other anymore. It would be like getting rid of your biggest franchises if you were like a single entity. Type yeah, thing, right? and, and with that in mind, it would also be like trying to tell your largest franchises what to do when they were like, well, we could just leave and not be a part of this and <laughs> yes. we'll see which one of us is like around longer right now at least. Uh-huh. And I think that's probably why FIFA had to have some concessions to make sure that yep. the powers of the sport at the time, maybe not hist- like always, but at the time, at the time uh, yeah. were involved and okay with everything that was happening. Yep, and so England, Scotland, Wales, and Ireland and then later Northern Ireland Mm -hmm. get a sort of special dispensation to be an individual soccer nation even if not an individual um, actual nation. Mm -hmm. All right. So so they have their – and then how does that work with when Ireland splits? Is it because Ireland are their own nation? Does it just not really apply? They just start their own federation? Uh, Northern Ireland kind of takes their place in terms of the the British home nations uh, championship, Mm -hmm. which is a whole other thing that gets going. All right. Should we talk about that now? And it's Northern Ireland that's on the IFAB board. I want to talk about the IFAB board. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. Okay, so when FIFA's formed in 1904, they agree to abide by the rules of what's known as IFAB, the International Football Association's board, Mm -hmm. which is essentially, um, it's when (laughs) England, Scotland, Wales, and at the time Ireland yeah. meet up to decide what the rules are going to be because it used to be like when we play in England we play by the English set of rules in Scotland the Scottish mm. set of rules and I can't remember if it was Wales or Ireland had the idea why don't you guys just have a meeting and like figure out the rules between you so but then when they have the IFAB board meetings they start to really hammer out the, mm-hmm. the proper rules um, of soccer that we can all agree on IFAB exists to this very yep. day it's IFAB that sort of decides major law changes in the game of soccer. So when FIFA is formed in 1904, they agree to abide by... Uh, it really gives IFAB this legitimacy when it used to be just like settling arguments. Yeah. Now it becomes this board that is responsible for the laws of the game. And I understand why it's called what it's called, especially given when it came into existence and it's fab. predating FIFA. But it's just more hilarious and totally perfectly English to me that the International Football Association's boards or whatever is... England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. It's just like, well, that's the world, according to England in the 1870s. I mean, did you, have you met English people from the 1870s? That really is how they thought. I haven't, but if Bill and Ted technology ever happens, that's going to happen. So here's, the big thing is sometime in the 1910s, I want to say 1912 or 13, mm. FIFA successfully lobbies for um, them to be a part of IFAB. They're kind of like, we're kind of running the whole world here. You guys are originally important, but we should be involved in uh, making the laws of the game. And they came up with between them what I think is a really, really clever system. Mm-hmm. Do you know about how IFAB is set up? I, I, I thought it was just that they had to agree, FIFA, to drive Range Rovers and smoke pipes, and then they were allowed into IFAB. Is that not how it works? That was part of it. Okay, okay. Uh, uh-huh. But the main part is each of the home nations, England, Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, gets one vote. Mm-hmm. FIFA gets four votes, 
Like it just has one block of four votes so that neither of them can uh, make a rule change without each other because you need six votes out of eight to approve a change to the laws of the game. So nothing can change without FIFA's approval, but also nothing can change without at least 50% of the home nation's approval. It's kind of an ingenious system. Question about what they should have come up with at the end of Game of Thrones. Th- that would have been perfect, <laughs> and I would have hated that less. Um, <laughs> with IFAB, like because of it being so such a historically like long-standing uh, traditional organization, does it, it does it sort of like the, what the U.S. Senate is supposed to be of being the like longer, more deliberative, thinking things out, making long-term plans? Body theoretically is what it's supposed to be. Is that sort of IFAB? Like, is it not as big of a deal as well, far what as you would understand? Be Congress, there's no Congress then. Uh, what do you mean? What would be the I, well, like like the House of Representatives is supposed to be like more every two years. It changes with the whims of the masses. Yeah. Whereas Senate is like all I mean to say is like is IFEB slower to implement like sweeping changes rather than like what we've got all the power. Let's just make a bunch of rules. Or is it because it's this long tradition tradition oriented group or organization? Is it much more like well these are the rules of the game and we're hesitant to change them? I mean I think you can see there's been just slow steady mm-hmm. tweaks. Yeah, right? like, there are like big changes like in what 2018 when they brought in like you can pass it backwards from kickoff yeah. and uh 2019 when you can uh pass it from the six yard box to a player within your own yeah. area so they're definitely willing to make changes but i think it is more like what you said right they're not going to make major sweeping changes especially with that voting system they're not suddenly going to be like um all right everybody has to use their left foot now yeah I, which is which is i do kind of wish they would do that um i realize that i have run the english jokes kind of into the ground here but i do love that like in terms of the british stereotypes of being very like like uh you know like deliberative and very we must think about the way things operate just the idea of grown men all very blah, 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 debating about should we allow back passes from kickoff like i just <laughs> love that for some reason i find that outstanding i'm assuming there are monocles and wigs and robes and they eventually come to terms with it and then have to get FIFA on board as That's well. That's kind of still how soccer is. I right. dig it. Um, all right. Well, I think people might not know about mm. is the Home Nations Championship. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of this before? Uh, I believe from you talking about the Home Nations Championship, but that's about it. <laughs> okay, so from those first games in 1872, mm-hmm. and then, like I said, it involves Wales from 76 and Ireland from, from 82. Eventually, people started keeping track of the scores amongst the four home nations, and it gets kind of formalized into a single-standing table, right? So it became this annual competition from 1884 to 1984, so 100 years. Wow. With some years off for the wars mm-hmm. and things like that. But for 100 years, um, it was each team played the other team just once. So you play three games um, and it's two points for a win, one point for a draw. And then a winner is crowned at the end of the season. There was, that was the, uh, the sort of round robin um, inter- home na- British Home Nations mm-hmm. International Championship that happened for 100 years. And I'm assuming that England dominated that like over the course of the 100 years. Over the course of the 100 years, yeah. And eventually um, England was the nation that in 1984 kind of said, we're not going to mm-hmm. do it next year because we want to use these international dates to, uh, to play uh, tougher competition. Mm-hmm. This is in 1984. Scotland then said, yeah, we want to do the same. We want to play tougher competition. And ironically, Northern Ireland won the British Home Championship that year hey! and still possess the trophy. Northern Ireland <laughs> with the trophy. I like it. So uh, I think we, we still should talk about maybe some attempts to potentially revive that championship as well as the possibility of those four nations competing as one somewhere along the, uh, somewhere along the line since they've done it once. Maybe they'll do it a bunch more times. But before we talk about that, we should talk about today's sponsor, Express VPN. If you would like to like 
live in America mm-hmm. and watch some action from any of the home nations, mm-hmm. you could use ExpressVPN to spoof your IP and tell the internet, hey, I'm in the United Kingdom. I'm assuming that is the... It won't let you say I'm in England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. You have to say, I'm in the United Kingdom. You have to choose which one. And I'm assuming that's the only way you would ever be able to watch domestic Northern Irish football. I'm going to guess you have to have some sort of Northern Ireland access. They don't have any TV rights deals in the United States. No, probably not. So (laughs) you could use ExpressVPN. It basically allows you to... uh, Operate as though you are have an IP address in that yeah. country, so then you can, you can watch the Welsh FA mm-hmm. Or if you're in England, you could watch BBC and thus watch the match of watch the match of the day, watch match of the day or match of the day too, depending on you, whichever one you want. Uh-huh. Um, but then you could use it for we've talked about it previously. You could use it for getting Netflix around the world. You can use it to be, uh, get uh, paid subscription services. So maybe there's a streaming site that isn't available in your country, but is mm-hmm. available somewhere else, like uh, Eleven address. Sports in go. Taiwan for um, what just a couple dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that is uh, not that much. Yeah. Yeah. That works. Hint, hint. That could work. <laughs> it could indeed. Um, so if you would like to protect your online activity today, oh, which yeah, they do. Oh, yeah, that too. Mm-hmm, and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash soccer. <laughs> I was just thinking it was because like, you were embarrassed because you were watching the Welsh FA Cup or the Northern Irish League. <laughs> you just want to cover it? You didn't want people to find <laughs> yeah. out. So you so you protect your online data so no one ever knows. <laughs> Dare, what do you watch? It's porn. It's porn. It's not Northern Ireland, I swear. <laughs> Um, you can go to expressvpn.com slash soccer. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash soccer for three months free with a one-year package. One more time, it's expressvpn.com slash soccer to learn more. All right, so we said it stopped in 1984. The Home Nation Championship, uh, uh, yeah. Northern Ireland are forever the champions. They have, so that's they where have we are right now. They literally have the trophy. But am I correct in saying that when England failed to qualify, for, was it Euro 2008 that you all did not go to? That is true. I remember there being some rumblings, probably not legitimate, maybe it was just tabloid rumors, that there was a chance that since all four nations, home nations, did not qualify for Euro 2008, that maybe it would be revived. Do you remember these rumors? I do, I do remember mm-hmm. those rumors. Um, so they did try to get this going again. In 2011, mm-hmm. England were the ones that were like, oh, we don't yeah. really want to do it. I would have bet all my money on that. Yeah. So they went ahead with uh, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, and Ireland. Mm-hmm. And then Ireland hosted it oh. in Dublin um, over two periods. I think it was like February and then May of 2011. It was called uh, the Nations Cup. Uh, it was sponsored by Carling. So it was mm-hmm. called the Carling Nations Cup. And FIFA saw this, or UEFA saw this, and they were like, you know what? We want to turn that into a whole league. And thus the Nations League was born? I doubt it was the inspiration because it did not go well. Ah. Uh, So for several reasons, attendances were very low. Mm -hmm. So all of the games were hosted at the Aviva Stadium, which is Ireland's beautiful new stadium that holds 51,000. Attendances were nowhere near 51,000. I think the biggest game got like 19 or 20,000. Mm-hmm. There was a Wales I really, versus Northern I really Ireland thought you were going to say 19 or 20 people. <laughs> well, the Wales versus Northern Ireland game got 529 people. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot to blame. Like, first of all, apparently, uh, the Football Association of Ireland set ticket prices very high. I Higher than they, one pence? I think they overestimated okay. overestimated demand. Um, Five pounds then. Second of all, we're not that far out of the recession, right? In mm, 2011, true. people did not have money to, to throw around. Third, there was an Icelandic volcano erupted. Oh, that was then. Yeah, it was the ash cloud. So it was it was pretty tough to get because a lot of people get cheap flights uh-huh. from uh, the UK to Ireland. That's right. Um, that that was not as easy to do, but I'm not sure that many people would have gone anyway, as I understand it. Plus, then because you would have had to fly Ryanair, right? 
You might. And nobody yeah. wants that, from what I understand. I mean, I, I used to enjoy some very cheap flights around. Like nineteen pounds? Is yeah. that? What I think I've seen that price. Yeah, somewhere. I used to fly back and forth from Dublin to Birmingham for literally ten pounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, but anyway, man. I think one thing that it proves as well is that the um, a lot of the home nation stuff uh-huh. is about wanting to beat England. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's about um, there's not really a rivalry in terms of we want to get you between yeah. Scotland and Wales. Like you guys right? are oppressed too. Yeah, us too. All right. right. Well. I guess we're playing against each other now. But yeah. that's it, right? Mm-hmm. I think the history is that England is, like, I'm ashamed of it, but England is the oppressor. Mm-hmm. Um, England invaded those nations. And so there's a lot of... Um, yeah, I've seen a history book. <laughs> so there's a strong will for, like, independence or at least, like, just thumbing your nose at the English mm-hmm. that, you can achieve, that you can achieve through soccer, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why games against England are often um, really high profile. That's so gauche. Like, I don't understand. Like, what do they need? Like, a national holiday celebrating their independence from Britain? Like, you don't have <laughs> to just talk so much about that type of thing. Well, I mean, they would need independence from Britain. Oh, first. yeah, good yeah. call. That's, good call. That's a big Maybe that's part, part of it. Right? There you go. That is there you a go. big part of it. But there have been attempts then to play as a unified country, correct? There have been attempts by England uh-huh. to play as a unified country. Uh-huh. Yeah. So back in the day, there was a, a Great Britain national team that did compete in the early Olympics, right? Mm. So London 1908, I think, was the last time uh, London had uh, Britain had the Olympics. Mm-hmm. There was a, a British team competed in it, but it was mostly um, English amateurs, mm-hmm. right? So Great Britain stopped sending a team to the Olympics when it became more professional and there was this weird thing where they just didn't want to send a professional team. Um, And then when it came back around, you know, like it eventually switched to being like a U23 tournament. So when Britain had the opportunity to put a team back in the Olympics, there was just no agreement between England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland to want to do that. And I think that's the really um, important part of this is the reason that there's very, very little chance of a United Kingdom or a Great Britain permanent soccer team is that quite rightly, Scotland... Wales, mm-hmm. Northern Ireland want their own independent soccer teams because that's what they've always had. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, it, it does. It's a strange thing where, on the surface, on the very, very, very surface, if you're like, yeah, they're all like, you know, like uh, United Kingdom, get them all together, we'll play like one competition, it'll be cool. But then as soon as you go a millimeter down into the depth of that entire quagmire, you realize, like, yeah, wh- wh- are there quotas? Like, does each team get guaranteed a certain number of players? Do you only give one? Do you not give any guarantees? In mm-hmm. which case, those federations now look incredibly weak. On top of that, do you have the risk? Of like the slippery slope argument of like, well, if we commit to this competition, how many more? And then eventually and that, do we have our own federations? That's the main argument, especially that Scot- Scotland are the most vocal about mm-hmm. making this argument that as soon as you allow for one yep. British team, then it's like a little crack in the dam that is holding back the, the flood that could wash away all those independent associations. Yeah. And then the rest of the world and FIFA might say, hey, I think you should just have a Team GB or I, should, I think you should just have um, a United Kingdom team. And in some ways... To, to be fair, I'm just going to interject real fast to say, like, 1307, they were like, King Edward, come on in, just this one time, help us with this one like dispute, and then all of a sudden, they're England's forever. So, like, I get the hesitation on, like, right? just come on in once. So it is yeah. based on history, right? Yeah. But, I, I mean, I could make a logical argument that... You could just let a Team GB happen mm-hmm. for the Olympics. Right. Um, and FIFA have said, we, we won't like, take this as a sign that the, it's the end of the Scottish Football Association or the Welsh Football Association. But that promise does not seem to be enough to, uh, to what's the word, mollify uh, Scottish concerns, mm-hmm. right? In some ways, that's not logical because it seems like the guarantee from FIFA is there. But in other ways, I think if you value it so highly... You just you don't want any cracks. Mm-hmm. You don't want to even put a toe on the top of the slippery slope, mm-hmm. right? I yeah, can, I can absolutely understand that point of view, even though I think it would be okay 
if they let a Team GB happen? I think this is 100% from a completely like ignorant outsider's perspective, but I also have I've to I've got believe... an ignorant insider's perspective. All right. I look forward to that. Yeah. Um, but I, f- I feel like if you are... One of those one of those nations who is worried about that, part of that is probably born of the recognition that your team, your national team, if they're playing England, is probably going to lose. Like you have the inferior talent pool, like for a variety of reasons. But I do I do just wonder if you had those four nations like at a time or those four countries at a time when they are like at the peak of soccer, if they're all very, very good. Yeah. Is it more of a like we could put together a dream team right. and it would be three and two and two and three and we'd have tons like I mean, it made a lot of sense. Like mm-hmm. I remember when I was sort of yeah. less aware of how Scottish and Welsh and Northern Irish people mm. felt. There was definitely a long period of, oh, there's the England national team. They've got a lot of really good players, but we don't have a left winger. Mm. We're just trying everybody at left midfield. Paul Scholes, Owen Hargreaves, just throwing everybody out there. Steven Gerrard, literally yeah. just trying to see who could do a job at left midfield. And at the same time, Wales had Ryan Giggs at the peak of his powers mm. And nobody good around him. Like yep. it just made sense, right? In a uh, yeah. in a Pangea kind of way of like it all would fit back together perfectly. Yeah, I, re- I remember <laughs> those days of like Wales should be better. They've got Ryan Giggs. They've got Craig Bellamy. Uh, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, like yes, I, I remember those days quite well. So yeah, for obvious reasons, then there isn't a, a unified uh, Team GB except mm. for. The 2012 London Olympics. This was a big deal in England Mm -hmm. and in the United Kingdom. Um, So a big pitch was made that, hey, just for this one-off, this one-off event, we should definitely do it. Um, The Scottish FA refused to even attend a meeting to discuss it. Yep. Which I kind of just respect the not even one toe even looking at the slippery slope, (laughs) not even attending a meeting. (laughs) Then uh, Wales um, entered negotiations and then eventually withdrew. Northern Ireland just said, no, thanks. Also, we're very aware that we don't have any players Mm -hmm. (laughs) that would make make this this roster. Eventually, um, Scotland still said no. Wales, I think, just said... You could have rank gigs. Well, they said, we're not endorsing it and we're not getting on board with it, but we're also not going to punish any of our players if they do happen to get involved, right? So I don't know if people remember this, but 2012, Stuart Pearce was the Team GB manager. And the squad he was allowed to pick from... Is his name Psycho? Yes. Okay. The squad he was allowed to pick from for the, uh, the, the Great British team for the 2012 Olympics, no players that went to Euro 2012. So that's the majority of the senior England team. And what basically whatever... Welsh players would say yes, mm-hmm. right? So we did end up with a team with the overage players were Craig Bellamy, mm-hmm. Ryan Giggs, mm-hmm. who was really coming towards the end uh, at that point. Um, and I think the other overage player was Mika Richards, who weirdly was 24 yes, and he was the over 23 player. All right. um, and then Aaron Ramsey was the only other um, Welsh mm. player that was on the team. Looking back, it's not a bad team. Mm-mm. But you could say there's definitely too many English people on it because they won their group and then went out on penalty kicks in the quarterfinals. They are English after <laughs> all. Even, even even if you have some Welsh players in there, the Englishness will dominate. Yep. Sturridge missed the uh, the important penalty kick. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, how frustrated – there must have been some Welsh fans out there who just saw that and were like, really, Ryan? You're going to play for that team? You're not going to play for <laughs> Wales for like 15 years. Yep. But that team you're good for. It was it. His, and it, it was his only tournament mm-hmm. that, he, that he played in, right? That Because Wales never made a tournament while he was – there. So from what I understand now in the future, um, the, to enter a Team GB, it's always the English FA who are most keen on it for mm. obvious reasons. They 
think they could like pick off a couple of players from other associations, put together a competitive team and have an Olympics. They would need the approval of the other home nations for that to happen. And unless something drastically changes, they're not going to get it. Right. That's men's football. For mm-hmm. women's football, it is slightly different, right? So they entered a women's team for the 2012 Olympics. Um, most of these soccer 101s are timeless, right? But I think we have to like have this moment in mm-hmm. time. Uh, what are we, November 2019? Yes. Um, England qualified Team GB for a place at the 2020 Olympics by finishing as one, one of the highest European places at the 2019 right. World mm-hmm. Cup. They are currently in negotiations with the Scottish FA, Welsh FA, Northern Irish FA to try and put together a great British team managed by Phil Neville to go to the 2020 Olympics. I always forget how brutal Olympic qualifying is for European countries because you only have, what, four who qualify? And it is like the top spots, isn't it? I can't remember exactly what it is, but England had to make the World Cup semifinals to qualify for the Olympics. So is it it England, Sweden, like the Netherlands, and somebody else? Maybe France? I forget who else is in there. But but I, I guess I forget that because when you said there's more of a chance, I was genuinely surprised by that because with women's football, there are like, like the Olympics tends to be a way bigger competition yep. than the men's side of the game. And I think that's why there's a bit more willingness sense, to do it because the like you just don't get many opportunities to play in mm-hmm. tournaments. Yeah, yeah, and so and so for me, I was like, well, no, of course Scotland like want to reserve their right to play. Like they want to compete, and then I was remembering, oh no, wait, they didn't qualify because yeah. it's really difficult. So then, if you do want to have any opportunity for any of those Scottish players, especially say Kim, Kim Little, Little, yeah, uh, yeah uh, then maybe it makes more sense, but. For you, it might, might, might make sense. For the rest of your country, maybe less so. So mm-hmm. we shall see. How do you think it plays out? I have no idea. Right. I'm really scared to commit to All anything. Right. I would bet it plays out with – so there's only 18 players on mm. an Olympic roster. I yeah. would bet it's mostly English mm-hmm. players. And then I wouldn't be surprised if the Scottish FA say just, no, you can't take any of our players. Yeah. Maybe there's a fight with Kim Little and the Scottish FA because she really wants to go and play in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could well be. We shall find out. At time of recording, we don't know. uh, (laughs) And we're afraid to speculate. So I hope that clears up for people who are confused about Mm -hmm. like why there's the UK, then they get the they get the four home nations. Um, I also I don't see it changing any time in the future, mostly because Scotland's doing a really good job of not ever letting anyone Mm -hmm. take us even a even a tiptoe towards it possibly happening. Yeah, I, this is a weird question to ask. Does does the uh, leaving the EU make it even less likely for England because then it's like your your own organization and you're not affili- you're even less affiliated with some of those countries? Well, it makes it less likely because it makes it more likely that Scotland uh, try yeah. for independence there from the go. United Kingdom so they can rejoin the EU. Thank you so for more clarifying like, what I was trying to say. It's I more likely that. that it's more likely that Scotland actually becomes just a fully independent nation. All right, yeah. and they just high five Ireland. It may, yes, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, all right, we've wandered into politics, yeah. which I think we did a really good job mm-hmm. of not doing for the majority of the show. I think that's the uh, the sign that we should wrap this up. I think? want to talk a little bit more about the uh, division between Northern Ireland and Ireland. Real fast? No, I do not. Hey, I do I'm, not want to do that. Let's move on swiftly. All right, I was ready. I was ready to answer. Um, okay, so I've been Daryl Grove. I've been Taylor Rockwell. Thank you for listening to Soccer 101. 